Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a 15-minute informative podcast aimed to be listened to in the shower, but you can listen to it anywhere. But we want to expand your mind while you wash your behind. My name is Marcus Solera, and I'm joined by my effervescent co-host. Effervescent, Taz Keller. <laughs> As Marcus said, this is a 15-minute podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but you can listen to it anywhere. The whole premise of this podcast is that you learn something new in 15 minutes, whether it's something to tell your granny over your boring dinner party, or whether it's something to talk to that stranger sitting beside you on the bus. It's just a little nugget of information for your day. We just want to enrich your life a little bit and, you know, make that big sexy brain of yours a little bit bigger and a little bit sexier. Thus far, we've answered questions that listeners have sent in. Questions like, why do we never see baby pigeons? What's the correct way to wipe your bum? Why does our hair turn grey? Why do we fall in love? And a whole heap of other questions. If you have a question that you want to send in to us, you can get in touch with us on uh, on Facebook. Just search In The Shower with Taz and Marcus. On Twitter, at In The Shower Pod. Or Taz, what's the email again? If you have a question that you would like to send in via email, you can get us at intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com. And please, if you haven't listened to all the previous episodes, go back and listen to them all, like, right now. You can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Stitcher, you can get us now on Spotify, which is very exciting. While you're on iTunes, give us a rating, a review. Um, Tell your friends, as I've always said, tell your granny. She still hasn't gotten in touch. Jesus, guys, come on. Sort it out. Okay, Marcus, this week's episode. This week's episode is a, is a bit of a smacker, a real lippy affair. Um, a few people have asked this question, and when they asked it at first, I was like, because it's class, why is this even a question? Move on. But the more I thought about it, um, the more I realized that there was... It's so weird. There's legitimacy in this. It's one of the um, things that you, hopefully, most people would experience at least weekly. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think about what you're doing until you think about what you're doing and then you think about what you're doing and it's kind of gross. What is it, Marcus? We are looking at why we kiss. Everybody does it. You know what? Like, it's such a big part of, um, of everything. You know, it's... It's inspired iconic movie scenes, inspired thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of songs. Um, and it's really become like a concrete part of growing up. Yeah, of um, course. It's, 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 it's a thing growing up that you feel pressure to do. It's like almost a rite of passage. You absolutely. Know? But the thing is, some cultures around the world find it completely abstract and, uh, and repulsive even. So we're looking at why do we kiss? Surely... It's an easy answer. Like, you know, kishin, kiss. Kishin. Kishin. All right, Sean Connery. <laughs> Hello, I like kishin. <laughs> Kissing is passionate and it's romantic and it's lovely and it feels good. So we all do it. Like, everyone knows the first time they kiss. I actually did an audio documentary to plug myself on first kisses. And it was wild because I went around, it was when I was living in Chicago, and I went around to random people on the streets. I looked like an absolute hooligan going up to randomers and asking them about their first kisses but everybody remembers their first kiss Marcus what was your first kiss my first kiss was in a teen disco when I was I think 11 or 12 um, and I remember I remember the girl was wearing a Ralph Lauren jumper with an American flag on it and I just walked up to her and I was like uh, do you want to meet <laughs> and she said yes and it was at that moment that I became a man <laughs> <laughs> I um, I had my first kiss so I lived I grew up in a really really small uh, village in 
rural Westmeath called Multifarnham. And uh, every time there's a communion or a confirmation, the whole school would form a choir and sing for the confirmation of the communion. And then we'd all go for sandwiches after. And um, Sexy. I, I know, see where this I is know, going. <laughs> we were in the community centre having sandwiches after. And my best friend, Neve walked me up to this guy, honestly like it was a father giving away his daughter on a wedding day and walked me up to my first kiss and we kissed behind the community centre on communion day. It was very romantic. And that is how Taz and I met. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the thing. People tend to remember their first kiss more than they actually remember their first sexual encounter, which is a really interesting fact. Um, And... That's the thing. So, like, if if you don't remember your first kiss, like me, like in a teen disco, you probably remember the cold sore that you got. <laughs> um, but the, you know, that's the thing. Like, you you even said there that she she walked you up like she was giving you away at a wedding. We associate kissing with romance and love, but when you break it down, kissing is weird. It's like <laughs> you're mashing your faces together and exchanging spit. You're licking the back. Th- that's that's what you're doing. Like, there's there's no like over like over sentimentality to it like when you actually break down the constituent parts of kissing like you are literally like spitting into each other's mouth that is like, so gross how wet was your first kiss did was it was it like a washing machine kiss but like you it? don't have a clue what to do like do you, do you get your tongue involved do you get your teeth involved have you ever had a kiss where somebody just doesn't get their tongue involved where they like hide it in the back of their mouths no it's I, so I weird so. it's like it's like kissing kissing a, an empty cup <laughs> with lips of all of all things you could have compared it to. I didn't really think that one out. Well, well uh, thanks for ruining kissing for me forever. Here, here, L- literally no, well, licking. I can't wait to lick the inside do you of someone's mouth Do you know what's going to ruin it even more? When you think about it, when two humans join at the mouth, they become one giant interconnected tube with two buttholes <laughs> at either end. Oh my God, this episode is so gross. And I thought the bum wiping one was as bleak and as dark as we could get. Marcus wipes his bum back to front. Please go and have a listen to that episode if you haven't done so. It um, it unveils some worrying, worrying truths. <laughs> well, listen, no, the, like obviously we think um, kissing is lovely and sexy and romantic, but this is where it gets interesting. And um, we live in this nice little bubble of society and romantic and sexual kissing isn't nearly as common as you think. Really? Um, yeah, open, okay. up until um, kind of 2013 or 14, it was thought that 90% of the world engaged in romantic kissing. Um, but a recent study shows that only about 46% of cultures kiss in a romantic sense. Whoa, that's less than half. And that's nuts. I mean, like, kiss sexually, like, you know, when, you, when you're engaged in like this passionate, passionate yeah, kiss. Yeah, yeah. Other people, like, kissing exists yeah, and okay. like you know it's like that, that they got that number by removing stuff like bonding kisses like you know like a nice little forehead kiss or a cheek kiss or greeting kisses where you're like air kissing each other or like anything like that like actual romantic kissing and then there's like cultures that don't do it at all but I mean when you think about the course of human history and all our behaviours and how well documented they are the first evidence of kissing is only about three and a half thousand years old. Oh wow! Which is like it's not that it's long not, ago at all. Like in in the scale of human history, yeah. and also when you look at how people talked about kissing in those times, it was first discovered in a Sanskrit um, document. Document? <laughs> like, <laughs> Google like, Doc? In a San- no, like a Sanskrit manuscript. Um, that it wasn't described as a romantic thing. It was like you press each other's lips, and um, you that it was called stealing someone's soul. Oh, 
Yeah, and the hmm. Egyptians had a similar thing where they'd stand very close to each other and like breathe into each other's mouths, and that was like considered a very high form of intimacy. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's almost like your soulmate kind of thing. So I wonder if that maybe a little bit, but um, the thing is, like, people were probably kissing on the lips more than three and a half thousand years ago. But when you look at kissing, remember I talked about the different types of kissing. It would be like, say, an act of submission or deference, where you'd kiss a king's hand. Or, um, like, say, in, in ancient Rome, men of standing would greet each other with a kiss. They'd or Like, either a kiss on the cheek or mm. maybe a kiss on the lips. I don't know. Like, that's kind of... It was far more acceptable back then. But I think, um, yeah, the important thing to take note of here is that there's a lot of different ways of kissing. And we are really looking at romantic kissing more than, like, friendship or ritual kissing. Um, we're looking at, you know, the snog, yeah. um, the meat... The score, playing tonsil tennis, um, going on a tongue roller coaster, <laughs> doing the that, facial tango. Um, that, that, it's so interesting though because when we were talking about kissing, I only really automatically thought about romantic kissing. The what you just no- mentioned about kissing a kissing a king's hand or something, I, that wouldn't have even entered my my mm. thought process, which is nuts because that is kissing. But that's it's, kissing uh, for a completely different reason. But for a completely different reason. By the way, speaking of kissing, um, we are seven minutes into our shower right now. At this point, we think you should be able to uh, to know the routine of taking a shower. But if you don't, if you're caught up in, in this story of kissing, um, you should be like properly, properly fairly washed by now. Um, one thing, a few people have told us that we're not being very ecological. So when you're lathering up, turn off the water so you can get a really good lather and you're saving a couple of dolphins while you're doing that. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. You say our first instance of kissing was about 3,500 years ago. But where did the trend kind of for swapping spit, as you said, come from? Um, So because of the origins of those documents, historians believe that it's very possible that Alexander the Great, who conquered most of the world, brought kissing from India to the Middle East, um, where then through trade and kind of developing connections, it spread to the growing empires of ancient Greece and Rome. Yes, and then, like, the kissing bug really kind of spread like wildfire in these newly established communities. Herpes? No, it's just, <laughs> not just, just kissing. Um, by the Middle Ages, people all over Europe were, like, licking the back of each other's throats to show how much they loved and wanted each other. Um, sexy, isn't it? Oh, so incredibly yeah. sexy. And well before, like, the commonplace invention of uh, dental hygiene. Oh, God. Actually, but it was also well before the invention of cookie crisps, so... Dental hygiene was probably a lot better anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Um, cookie crisp? Cookie crisp. Like the cereal? Yeah. Yeah? Like that's. I feel like that's just led to the decline of dental hygiene of our generation. <laughs> Solely blame put on cookie crisp. Um, so by the 1800s, um, people had become so into kissing, and kissing was such an established thing, that they'd actually begun asking themselves the very question that we're asking today. And the study of kissing... Um, which has a very sexy romantic name, is <laughs> Philematology, was born. Um, and they've been looking at why we kiss for the bones of 200 years. That is super interesting. Mm-hmm. So, go on then. Like, why do we kiss? Because right now, I'm just thinking of every way you've described it. And it's kind of it's kind of gross me out. Like, is it is it a reproduction instinct as such? No, because, like, when you look at reproduction instinct, like, listen, parents, if you're listening... It kind of, it's fairly obvious that, like, the P goes in the V. You know, like, that's that's reproduction instinct. But kissing, 
doesn't actually serve a purpose on that. Um, so there's two schools of thought when it comes to the reason that we kiss and whether it's to do with nature or nurture. Okay, so kind of like a, whether it's an instinct or a learned behaviour. Exactly okay, the same. Okay. Um, the school of thought that smooching all comes down to instinct looks at our closest relatives, primates. Um, what chimpanzees do is it's actually um, is to establish trust and bond, but it, it really interestingly also used to diffuse conflict that chimpanzees will clash and then they'll get like right up into each other's faces and again like kind of breathe in on each other and like hold each other's faces and it's like it's kind of cute Aww. but again it's not a sexual thing it's not associated with sexuality um, and then otherwise the bonobos bonobo monkeys not bonobo the band <laughs> actually it was thought that they engaged in sexual kissing but it turns out that bonobos have made almost everything they do about getting the ride um, you know the way French people greet each other with little, like, cheek kisses? Yes, yeah. yes. Bonobos greet each other by having sex. So... Seriously. like it's Really? The, the researchers call it the bonobo handshake. That they'll meet and, like, they will just jump each other. That they'll is not... Like, so oh, just getting involved, yeah. Please do another uh, impression of a bonobo having sex, Marcus. <laughs> okay, one more time. I think our listeners want it. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, it's kind of like coppers on all island time. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if we did greet everyone like that. We, we'd never get anything done and there'd just be babies everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly like that. Um, the flip side of this theory is that recent studies show that less of the world naturally kiss romantically on about 10 to 15% don't kiss at all. So that kind of puts a dent in the instinctual oh, wow. like, primate kissing kind of thing. That's nuts. I mm-hmm. would have thought. Because like, could you imagine then if hypothetically you were from a culture that didn't kiss and you saw people kissing, you would be the most confused. You'd be like, person. oh my God, what are they doing? Yeah, you would. The humanity. I know. So like, yeah, there's a lot of Aboriginal races, Tahitian races, um, island dwelling kind of people, tribes that literally don't kiss and okay. um, and it wouldn't be like a part of like oh not even remotely it wouldn't even be a but, part of like sex or anything well the thing is they actually view sex completely differently it's purely it's pure it's far okay. far more for reproduction actually um, the enjoyment of sex and further uh, the enjoyment of sex and further to that the uh, I suppose the, the romanticization of kissing a lot of it comes down to the complexity of societies that if you're living in the jungle where you might be eaten by a jaguar and you know you you really have to survive at a basic level um you're not going to be thinking about kissing someone or it won't be at the forefront of your mm. mind but if you're living in a first world city and um your your hierarchy of needs is all is all ticked off um then you know you can kind of prioritize kissing. smooching but you're about to lose your damn mind when you hear the other school of thought on uh, where kissing comes from. Okay. Yeah. You ready for this? I don't know, but go so for it. So this is like the um, the learned behavior rather than the instinct. This is super sexy, mega kiss-related arousal time. Regurgitation. Like throwing up? Close. Um, but no, not like, not like, bleh, not like a chanda. <laughs> um, more like probably hundreds of generations of mothers pre-chewing solid foods and mouth-feeding it to their babies as a way to wean them onto solid food. Because, like, when you think about it, like, jars of baby food weren't really around this 150 is years ago. This is true. So, like, yeah, like, mouth-feeding like that, like um, like like birds or, like, a lot of mammals do it as well. Um, 
chewing food for your kids not only helped kick off the digestion process because the enzymes in your mouth, mm. but also built up strong immune systems and created very, very close physical bonds because every time that baby was fed, it was connected like that, um, lip to lip. And when you do that, all the senses are engaged. And since kids were fed like this for hundreds of years, it became ingrained in people's minds that it was really, really comforting, um, loving, and most of all, acceptable. Mm. So from there, people probably started kissing with their big sloppy tongues and realized it made them tingle in places that it didn't tingle before. So it's all a little bit eatable. Do you know what, and though? That, like, as gross as that is, it, it does make perfect sense. Yeah. Like, it's, it's in nature. Like you just said, it's in, like, birds do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a very logical thing. I know. That actually, I think that school of thought, the both school of thoughts kind of make equal sense, but the regurgitation one, you can, you can really track it back. It's funny, though. I, I knew a girl in college who um, went out for a night out with her boyfriend and threw a kebab up into his mouth oh, stop. when they got home. Oh, and I can tell you right now, it didn't make him feel comfortable oh, or reassured. But yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so our, our lips and tongues are absolutely jammed with sensory nerves. So not only is it extremely physically stimulating to kiss, but it triggers your sense of taste, smell and touch to absolute overload, uh, making a similar cocktail of chemicals go off in your brain to falling in love or drugs like cocaine. Actually, listeners, while you're here, take a listen to our episode on why we fall in love to learn more about that specific thing. Yes, check out all episodes while you're at it. Actually, do you know what? While you were saying that, though, the way um, our mouths are kind of full and jammed of sensory nerves, I remember talking to a guy who had a severe peanut allergy. And before he kissed anyone ever, if he was on a night out, he would have to ask them if they'd had peanuts in the last 24 hours. That's... That's a real-life problem. You know what? I wonder how many times people thought that he was asking if, th- if they'd had penis in the last 24 hours because <laughs> if you're in a nightclub and you're whispering that in someone's ear in the context of a kiss <laughs> they probably it probably just seems like the smoothest shadow line but actually hey when was the last time you had penis see like it could happen it could happen but um yeah listen it, the, the whole um sensory over the uh, overload thing actually goes further females can determine suitable males at a genetic level based on kissing yeah, insane. It's like hormones such as testosterone um, can pass through your saliva and getting your nose all smushed up against someone can give you a big old smack of pheromones and it'll indicate if you can click with your potential mate. You can actually basically get a subconscious reading of their immune system, of their genetic mate, of their genetic compatibility Whoa. with yours. Um, so at the, end, end, at the end of the day, it's not just swapping spit. Like you're actually swapping kind of genetic information about your compatibility as a mate that's genius mm-hmm. so if you're kissing someone something in your brain of like ding 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 or dun, dun, dun. yeah have you ever kissed somebody who like you've been like physically attracted to and you kiss them and then just it's gone oh yeah I, I mean like I've, I remember the first time that happened I was like that's really weird but that's yeah, that's the reason a complete lack of compatibility on a genetic level Um. so yeah I mean like the human brain is a fascinating thing we've said that a few times on this show but I think it's really important, like falling in love or wiping your bum, <laughs> eh? um, to not overthink the mechanics of kissing. Just remember, like, the next time you're about to kiss someone romantically, look into their eyes and, like, you know, stroke their neck and be all, be all in love and happy. And just be happy that you're getting to kiss them romantically and that they're not about to, like, regurgitate a big mouthful of pre-chewed meat <laughs> into your mouth. Like, we are really, really privileged to be able to do that. So I hope that answers um, why we kiss and a little bit about where kissing comes from. 
all that there's left to do is to grab your loved one and give them a big old smooch. A big old smooch. Well, there you have it. That was honestly one of the most fascinating episodes, I think, from my personal standpoint we've done so far. I really, really enjoyed researching it. It's one of those episodes that took something that um, that everyone is familiar with and kind of broke down the, the mysticism around it a little bit. Thanks, Ella Scali, for sending that one in because it was thoroughly enjoyable to research it. It really, really was. And uh, if you want to research it further you can become an amateur filmatologist yourself <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've got a, a little card um, as ever if you have questions that you want answered and we will answer anything you want if it's a good question we will we will do our best to answer it you can get in touch with us uh, with your questions on Facebook just search In The Shower with Taz and Marcus you can get us on Twitter at In The Shower Pod or by email at In The Shower Podcast at gmail.com please guys continue to spread the word about this podcast amongst your friends and family keep rating us and reviewing us on iTunes that stuff is really really helpful for kind of boosting us up in the charts we really appreciate all the support so far um, if you've come up to us in the street or at festivals or anything like that Thank you very, very much. It means more than you know. Just to close off the episode, a bit of housekeeping and a few thank yous. Thank you so much to Alan and Paddy and Laura and Sean at Headstuff. They are so incredibly helpful. We're in the middle of the Dublin Podcast Festival at the moment and the work that they're putting in is crazy. It's great to see so many people showing up for podcasting events. Podcasting is exploding and it's so, so great. As always, a huge thank you to Florence Robinson for doing our amazing cover art of little cartoon Marcus and I in the shower. We love it so much. And extra special for this week's episode, we are actually joined in the room by Florence Robinson. Say hey. Hello, listeners. She is. How, that was sultry. That was beautiful. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Marcus, next week, what are we going to do? Um, next week, this is, again, a question that we've received like seven or eight times. Um, I actually had somebody ask me this in a pub the other night. And it's a question that, like, I think, again, like kissing, everybody thinks it, but nobody really <laughs> knows why. I love it. Um, we are looking at the most socially acceptable laxative in the world. Why does coffee make us poop? That episode is going to be out next Monday and we promise it's going to be on time, not like this one being a few hours late. But in the meantime, Flo is going to join us on this one. Keep scrubbing! This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.